0: Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I'm speaking to you uh, from surging Southern California.
1: Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm coming to you from Harlem. We survived, what is it, Blizzard, Gale, I think, or something, Mm. and um, we're surging in New York City as well.
2: Hey, I'm Seth Rodney. I'm the opinions editor at the Hyperallergic Online Arts Magazine. And uh, I'm in Newburgh, and we're digging ourselves out from under three feet of snow.
0: And, you know,
2: yeah, happy Christmas to everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> happy Christmas.
0: Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, uh, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. And we are together today to continue our conversation uh, on knowledge and uh, its various permutations and deformations. Uh, that sounded super academic. Nicely done. So, you know, we're just talking about how we know the stuff that we know. Um And we had a few different directions to go Uh, today. We're going to take how the things we know um, and don't acknowledge, or at least don't readily acknowledge. um, And uh, I'm sure we've. I I mean, I know the three of us will have uh, stuff to add to the list. And you know, you know, as you're listening, you know, kind of think about for yourself what what are Mm -hmm. things that you know that that you don't like to let yourself know that you know them. Seth, Stephen, Uh, I think the first thing that that comes to mind
2: is the fact that we void, that we get rid of waste, that we, and that doing so mm. is like a kind of smelly, yeah. unlikable, unpleasant process. Um, mm. and, that, and what's weird about it is, I mean I certainly, I, I certainly feel this. So I grew up in a, fam, a household where we just never, kind of never discussed it. And, and then I read a tweet the other day. In which somebody said, um, was it, was it, it could have been a Facebook post. I, I tend to get these, uh, mixed up with uh, each other. Someone talked about potty training and they say, you know, when you're a child, you're trained to like go potty and then your parents, um, typically were like, encourage you and high-five you when you've done it like they're like oh great mm-hmm. job you did it all right mm-hmm. cool and then when you become an adult you're supposed to like go into a room and like not tell anyone about that and like not pretend like nothing happened and it's weird it's weird that like you know at one point in your life you' so taught that you know hey this is really this is really natural that you should be doing this this is great like you're healthy if you do this great and then the rest of your life you're like Uh, That's just not, you know. Talk about it, unless, of course, you grew up in the UK, in which people make jokes about shitting all the time. Like it's one of the Mm, few cultures mm -hmm. I've been in where people just sort of like, it's almost like an icebreaker um, um, kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, British humor. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that we that we know but we don't acknowledge.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I was about to say, you know, I mean, you've already brought in the qualification. Obviously, different cultures handle it differently. Mm-hmm. And Korean culture, for example, it's not, you don't sit there and talk about your waste, but it's not a weird, unnatural, crazy thing like mm-hmm. toilets, you know, public mm-hmm. toilets, at least many of the ones that I have been in in mm-hmm. Korea, um, are are quite open, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. You know, open, uh, stalls for taking a dump and, you know, like, uh, I mean, urinals are often open anyway. So different, you know, different cultures handle that differently. Mm. Uh, I do, I do absolutely agree with your intuition that there's something there's definitely a deep discomfort, at least in in Western American culture, about mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm you know, I'm not sure how it is in France or weirdly, mm-hmm. about, you know, Germany. I don't really. I mean, it's a pretty private thing there too, as far as in my you know
1: my experience of it. You know, it's taboo, but it figures into yeah. their sexual lives mm-hmm. in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. In, Germany, mm-hmm. in Germany, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Elaborate they have these things called <laughs> shitting tables that's not okay. the exact translation <laughs> uh-huh. but it's a part of their being able to excrete on someone without getting the shit on someone so these tables and these little uh-huh. apparatuses and so oh, wow. look at that's it up. so hey, german boy. that is so right. funny cuz i don't know if it's german or not but i it's think it's like it, so german happening. that they
0: they engineered a better way to shit Onto people, onto fetishists. That right. is like definitely oh, German. Awesome, okay. right? Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and all about Gold engineering, Germany. all about engineering, and all about like sort of sort of signifying or or sort of coming close to the thing itself, but like yeah. staying yeah. just a little just a little bit away yeah.
1: from it. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. I wonder what the design tolerances for the aperture, the opening, <laughs> like some Ooh. some engineer like had to like figure that out. Right. This, oh is, my God. this is too many centimeters. A wow. Test drive. It's a test drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah yeah so anyway I I know that so different cultures deal with this differently um, mm-hmm. but clearly they deal with it because it is something that needs to be saddled and managed because yeah. it's pretty... Uh, you know, even, even enthusiastically acknowledging a thing is a way to deal with an uncomfortable thing, right? It's just right. Yeah, a different absolutely. strategy. It doesn't right. mean you're, you're actually more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a good, mm-hmm. it's a great one, actually. One of the things that reminds me of is, um, you know, just imagine like any, you know, sort of like human activity, common human cultural activity here in the West that, would absolutely disappear if you did not have bathrooms that were like cast to the farthest provinces and that's malls. So like, can you mm. imagine like malls with like toilets in the middle of them? That's like, fascinating. Like, like you just, like, that's just not, that is not the shopping. Like malls mm. are absolutely about sort of <laughs> compartmentalizing mm-hmm. the parts of ourselves that are human and like getting them the fuck out of there like that is not that is not a very human space i mean it's the quintessentially human space but yeah it's, it, you know what i mean like it's not a very
1: uh we don't want to know you're taking a shit but you can buy our shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice play nice play
0: yeah um, to,
2: yeah i'm also weird i i find malls mm. to be actually kind of inhuman in that way and they're, they're, they're very sterile there's a mm-hmm. way in and, – and they're different. So there's a Newburgh mall I've been to a couple of times because I, actually, mm-hmm. I needed some dental work done the other week, and the local dentist – one of the local dentists hap, happens to be there. So okay. i there. And it's laid out similarly to the mall I used to work in at South Coast Plaza mm-hmm. in Southern California when I just got out of mm-hmm. school, and I needed a job, and I couldn't find one and ended up working retail, and that started the whole sort of journey and down the rabbit hole of retail. Which I was on for several years, um, but South Coast Plaza Mall has a similar layout, except that, of course, because South Coast Plaza Mall has tons of money, in the middle of it mm-hmm. they have almost like a a tra- It's almost like a traffic median. There's like a a a a a a, a row of, I guess, vegetation. I want to say I can't remember mm-hmm. whether it's artificial or not, but there's like. Planters and and I think bushes and and maybe trees and even like a waterfall at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. And and it, and it's weird to me in that what it's doing is it's sort of saying to shoppers, okay, you're in this inside this very um, carefully manicured, manicured. Entered, yeah. yes, yeah. and yeah. engineered mm-hmm. place, but we want to give you a little touch of like the jungle. Like, Mm -hmm. we want to make you feel like when you walk out of Hugo Boss, that, you know, you'll hear some gurgling water and some, and you'll see some green leaves and and maybe there'll be a cicada (laughs) or two. Like, I don't, you know, it's just a weird, Mm -hmm. what is that about? Mm -hmm.
1: Like, what is that? It makes me think immediately about um, uh, casinos, right? Mm -hmm. They want you to stay in casinos, Mm. so everything is you don't know what time of day it is outside because it's lit up in the casino they've got the clouds on the ceiling and that sort of thing and the buffets are really cheap because they want you to go back and spend your money at the casino i mean so these sort of things but i wonder what that the your words jungle is all about because Mm. that's i don't know anxiety Calm well, your anxiety, I guess, or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of it would be those are. Ple- I mean, the way we've evolved for those things to sound pleasant to us. I mm-hmm. mean, so you know, there's there's part. I mean, there's there's some practical utilitarian aspect to it. I don't think that explains it entirely, uh, but I do at all. But you know, the, the malls to me, like uh, high end malls. I mean, because South Coast Plaza definitely qualifies as a high end mall. Yes, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and you know. If you've been into a high-end mall, if you live somewhere where there are high-end malls, or near where Mm -hmm. you are, it's like walking into a new refrigerator. Like Mm. that's what it feels like inside of them. Everything Mm. is like sort of perfectly placed and gleaming and clear, Mm, Mm. and and that it's it is. I mean, Seth used the term. It's it feels. I mean, it's the most human thing and it's in humanity, right? The thing, mm. All of the things that it's sort of bracketing and buffeting for you, if I can use buffet and right. <laughs> as a verb, right? I mean, it's sort of, like you get to sample everything. So you get to sample the jungle and Seth's example, right? You get to just like sort of see all of the things that, that we mastered or, you know, that we quote unquote mastered. Um, yeah, yeah. And, in uh in crawling across the globe so yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, mm. uh, stephen what what about you what uh what's something
1: that uh that you <laughs> that, know to be true i'm in mall land right now i'm just in yeah. mall land thinking of <laughs> would i rather be in a manicure mall or really broken down mall because the, both of them have their charms and crit- sure, <laughs> you know um. and i was like okay the word was sterile that he used earlier. One of you used manicured sterile, sterile yeah, yeah. I think Steph
0: said that, yeah, yeah. Mm. I
1: think entanglement that we're all entangled and that we what we do affects someone else, that we don't mm. like to think about that.
0: Hmm. And good one, that's great, do you that's know, that's great.
1: And that's so, it's interesting to watch. For example, I was trying to figure out what anecdote I could tell that would be concise and to the point, mm. but. Thought about when I was a kid. Mm. Oh, what were you about to say, Seth?
2: No, no, no. Go, 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 please.
1: When I was a kid, I remember, do you guys remember those care commercials? They were children starving in Africa.
0: Yes. Sure. Yes, of course. And
1: when we were kids in Toledo, my family, we didn't know what to make of that. We did not know what to make of that connection. We usually was a white person talking about a little black kid who... You know, Mm -hmm. was looking, you know, malnutritioned and so forth.
2: flies on them and all that, yeah. Right, and we
1: were poor kids growing up in Ohio, right, without the flies. Right. But with the same Uh, anxieties and I'm mm -hmm. sure some other stuff, but not maybe to that degree. Mm -hmm. But we were trying to, we would laugh at them. We would laugh at the kids and laugh at this idea of care until Mm -hmm. we got much older and started to think about, What was happening in the world, the politics of it? No one explained anything to us because our parents were doing whatever they were doing and we were doing what we were doing. But I was thinking about that entanglement, how much as I got older, when it comes to no water still in Flint. (laughs) And what does that mean? Why isn't there water in Flint? You know, Mm -hmm. clean water. Mm -hmm. Why are we still having these problems that we continue to have over and over again? And it's connected to these political systems, these social systems, these economic systems. And I think that it's easier to point out a problem rather than to really look at the systemic part of it. But I think that systemic part of it throws people into despair. How do we stop police brutality? How do we stop this? How do we stop that? But I think it's that entanglement, those really deep, connective Things that are really hard to get at at times, so it's easy to simply say you shouldn't have been out that late, <laughs> um, or some other thing that that sort yeah. of evades the way we kind of understand our culpability, Right. you know. Yeah. So the, that's the, that's what I wanted to say. The,
0: the thing that is such a it's such a fantastic example because you know the cares thing, and I think of like Sally Struthers and you know the like yeah like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so that is is it so so. It shows how things are intertwined, but it also shows how knowledge of something is meant to deal with something that which is the topic of the podcast that you know, but don't acknowledge, which is the poverty that's right next door to you. And so like th- this this become I mean it's not like this the suffering of these kids in Africa is not very real and of course uh, absolutely. you want to do whatever you can to help them or at least acknowledge that or at least not be oblivious to it mm-hmm. but really what that is a tool for I mean how it, its social function is that it obscures what is happening two blocks over right. you know three Absolutely. blocks over the next mm-hmm. zip code right. like the poverty that is that's Absolutely. literally encircling you know many right. uh and cities and suburbs yeah strangling thank you uh, um, yeah. uh-huh. and and so it it's exactly that
1: thing that you don't have to then acknowledge you know what And uh, you can blame it on there. poor you know poor people's problems are poor people's problems because mm. they're poor and mm. they're poor because they want to be poor cuz they don't mm. try and that, and that continues
2: Sorry, sorry, Stephen. Go ahead.
1: So I've been thinking about the welfare queen. I've been thinking about these mm. different signifiers over the years that tell tell us that poor people just don't try. They don't, you know. And then we get the mm. movies about the white person going into the black place, a school or whatever, mm. a neighborhood, and you know, if you guys yeah. just tried harder, you know, it's not direct like that, but it's also. And then they learned a little bit about the system itself, but nothing yeah. really goes anywhere, yeah. right? These aren't really great films. They're just yeah. moments of sort of um, was it virtue signifying kind of Lim- yeah. signaling beforehand signaling, kind of signaling, yeah, yeah, signaling, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. signifying. So, <laughs> I got to so, play with that now.
2: So, so two things I want to say about that. That and mm-hmm. and and I was on a podcast actually a couple months ago with Uli Uli Bayer. I think at NYU. Um, he has a podcast called the Proust. Questionnaire or something like that. Mm. Um anyway, one of the things I, I ended up talking about was how and this is this is related to or one of the reasons that one of the primary reasons I left the city this year, um, to come mm. live in Newburgh um, is that it really bothered me living in the city seeing people just buy something. Take the wrapper off and just throw it in the street. Oh, and this happened. mentioned me. this before. Yes. Right. Yeah, it happens yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah. And yes. what it says to me is mm-hmm. there are people who are highly, highly resistant. And there's a way in which I can read this as not just resistance, but also a kind of muted anger, resentment. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. resent living with other people so much so that they refuse to actually take on board that they do so they completely disrespect cuz that's disrespect for me that's disrespect, oh, that no, disrespect it's not for disrespect public space like you mm-hmm. and, and there was a guy i was on the bus years ago there was a guy who literally had a bunch of a uh, bag of peanuts and he was eating mm. the penis and <laughs> throwing <laughs> no. the shells right underneath the chair on the bus like just leaving a <laughs> trail of waste yeah yeah and i and i looked at him like shocked and he looked at me like what and, yeah. and 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 i felt like, like <laughs> i felt i feel like part of the problem with a place like new york city is precisely that we cultivate the attitude of resenting other people and we mm. don't acknowledge that we live i what i think it's like this should be the first rule of civilization you live with other people um so public space should be respected in a, in, a, in a particular way now mm. this kind of works against this other thing that i Came to un- have come to understand in my fifty years on the planet, which is when you read that story in, in the Guardian or in the, Wa- in the Washington Post, or you see that keras commercial. Part of the problem with that is that it's giving you information about this thing that's happening hundreds, thousands of miles away that you can not do much about. Like mm-hmm. even if you, even if I were to empty my bank account right now. Mm-hmm. And give all the money I have to save those starving children in Africa. Mm-hmm. I would not end starvation in Africa. Right. So there's there's a way in which we're being given information that it isn't really quite truly actionable.
0: Yeah. It's weird. I'm, but you can hmm. make a, an appreciable difference to specific people and right and i did but the new stories won't be about those specific people will they yeah no it's true no no that's very true i mean it does kind of disappear into just sort of a black hole of need um no pun suggested or like really ugly but (laughs) yeah i mean i so i get that's pretty ugly i I, I mean i yeah you can't i I get it i I do get it um uh you know yeah. Uh, you know, for me, I think part of the, you know, so to stay with that for a second, you know, the the CARES thing and mm-hmm. African aid is it's a – allowing someone to just send their money is uh, pretty low-hanging fruit for engaging people in Absolutely. community action. It's a lot easier – to, to send your money over, you know, like my $20, my $50 or whatever, like this kind of fungible thing and then feel good about the gesture. I'm not saying it doesn't do good at those organizations. I don't want to be cynical about it because I'm sure uh-huh. that a lot of people ate lunch because of those organizations or, you know, maybe schools get built because of those organizations. Like it's not, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, immediate and sometimes those things are done for cynical reasons too or you know because they're proselytizing you know it's complicated i get it Mm
1: -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i don't
0: want i don't want to undermine you know that person's gesture to do something that they think is helpful but it's it really is just the lowest common denominator the least helpful thing that you can do
1: which i suppose
0: is still better than nothing but um
1: And that's the thing, Travis, though, that low-hanging fruit part of it, Mm. it it feels, it's close to what I would think of as an empty gesture. Mm. Do you know? Mm. So I think of it doesn't inform you about colonialism, neocolonialism. It doesn't inform you about the mismanagement of money by African Mm. presidents. It doesn't, Mm. it doesn't still talk about, it doesn't give you any of that because it can't Mm -hmm, in a commercial, right? Mm -hmm, But I love what you're saying because the, it, in a way, it's it, it, it's allowing you to just go, oh, those poor kids, without really knowing anything about those African nations, anything mm-hmm. about the kinds of inroads they've made or the kinds of things that are prevented from doing to feed those damn kids. Right. It doesn't talk right. about forced migration. It talks about the wars, the proxy wars that the U.S. is um, involved in. It doesn't say any of that. And mm-hmm. as a kid, we're just going, what's going on? And as an adult, if you don't have enough—if you're not have an if you are not interested you can just simply, you know, and going a little further, you just know. I gave some money. I did my part. Right. And I put yeah, on your blinders, right. and you keep moving. Yeah. Right. Wash your hands. Yeah. Yeah. And again, in this country, there are people going to bed starving every single night. Absolutely. You know, yeah. underfed, yeah, and we throw away more food than any other nation. I, th- I think that's what I've read. That we throw away a lot. Of I, th- I think
0: I've read this. I think I've read the mm-hmm. same thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I've. Read so what
1: same is thing. that? I mean, that is pretty profoundly um, yeah, sad I mean, and wicked. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm
0: trying to think whether I can go with you to the wicked to calling it wicked. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's certainly a lack of will. Um, it's lazy. Uh, it's what I call yeah. it. I think it's just profoundly yeah.
2: lazy. And I think I. And I mean, now that we've had this conversation, I feel like that's. I'm now. I'm. I'm firm in the belief that. We should just not be doing that. Like whatever cares has been doing in terms of advertising for money or, or, mm-hmm. or seeking money in the way that they have. Like that's that's not the way to do it. Like there's got yeah. there's got to be a better way. Yeah.
1: But the thing is, yeah. what Tra- Travis said, not being able to. It's nuanced, right? Because somebody got something, maybe. That's yeah. how I feel like the question. Somebody got something, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and and that maybe means, that maybe could mean that somebody did eat, right? And that right. means something yeah. to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it is so fucking complicated. But it's, we're so entangled it's, in a way that mm. is just profoundly, I don't want to look at that. You know? Agree. I, I love
0: the entanglement thing because I think Agreed. it's something, I mean, it's, it's really something that's lacking in the United States. I mean, it's very much right at the center of the partisan divide. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like we, you know, I I have um, our politics, you know, are really more like tide versus cheer than they are like, like genuine left wing, you know, progressivism and genuine right wing conservatism. The people that are most politically active in this country are much more similar than they are dissimilar.
2: The mushy middle,
0: yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying that the, you know very famously during the Obama years, you know, elections have consequences. That's David Axelrod's thing, um, mm-hmm. and they do. I'm not saying that they're they're totally indistinguishable. They aren't totally indistinguishable. There are differences, uh-huh. but. The, the level and intensity of the rhetoric around the differences does not match the policy positions um, right. mm-hmm. uh, of these people, uh, nor does oh. it match the lifestyle differences in the people that are foisting these opinions on us through social media and the media. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because at a certain, you know, I and mean, there's a reason why, uh, if I can go far, uh, far afield for a second, there's a reason mm-hmm. why monastic communities retreat to the world to live a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is if you want to change your footprint on the earth and the way that you affect your entanglements, you need to radically transform how you live with one another. Mm. It's, it is not enough... To have the right opinion it's not enough to buy the right product you have Mm -hmm. to radically and i'm not saying you need to become a monk or a nun to accomplish that what i'm saying is that it's hard and that accomplishing it isn't easy and we treat it as if it's easy we treat as we treat being a good person as if being a good person is having the right opinion or or (laughs) or voting the right way Which is something that we all do. I mean, we do this in the podcast. We do, I mean, and we do it, I'm sure we Mm -hmm. do it in our private lives too. I know I do where people's political opinions become shorthands for indictments of their character. For sure. And and this is just not what it means to be a good or bad person, to be an impactful person, to be a caring Mm -hmm. person, to be a loving person, you know, to be someone who, you know, diminishes the amount of suffering in the world through their actions right. and it's it's something we're not good at acknowledging um and i think yeah i think both of those are, are great examples My, mine was death um mm. and which is is an easy one in some ways and is pretty you know all-encompassing we're just awful at acknowledging our mortality mm-hmm. um in this country in particular i mean the show Six Feet Under, you know, made a lot out of this. Uh, yeah, in, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. In, in the early aughts, um, uh-huh. about sure. the ways that we hide death and we obscure it and um, and don't want to acknowledge it. And I, th- I feel like it's something that has gripped the country right now because of COVID nineteen. Uh, but we're mm-hmm. just we're. It's the thing that we know that we don't we don't really want so, like to know. So,
2: so John Cheever has this uh, sentence in one of his short stories. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of that story, but he says it's something. It goes something like this: and 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 something like and by the side stood the priest and his acolytes. And aren't they at the root of all that's wrong with our civilization? With their mm-hmm. story that death is a violent flavored kiss how can a people mm-hmm. who do not mean to understand death hope to understand love and who will sound the alarm
1: mm-hmm.
2: that struck this Ooh. is why it stayed with me cuz i think you know that is he's fucking right like that story of death being this sort of like you know oh god you know you're going home to glory god's going to take it uh-huh. it's just uh-huh. awful uh-huh. it's just one of the worst things we do is tell ourselves this myth that death isn't anything but harsh—it's—it's—it's it's, it's one of it is—it is the worst thing that can happen to us. Is that we die? Is that we die and we die alone and we die scratching and clawing not to die um, when we are overcome by disease, when we're overcome by violence? It's horrible, mm. and we need to—we need to acknowledge that. And John Chief is saying, we need to acknowledge that if we are even going to understand how to love. And I think that there is something in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well mm. said. I, I Stephen, yeah, you obviously you have something to say. <laughs> I'm trying to
1: find a way into Seth's. Horrible, climb to life, all yeah, of it. I know like, I, I know
0: you'll I know you will not like the the worst thing that can uh, the worst thing that could ever happen to
1: you. So mm. I feel like the worst thing that can happen to us is not acknowledging not only that, but that 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 is also a part of life. Because mm. I hate the opposites life, mm. death. Mm. Right? So I think that we tell our stories these things, folklore. The, but it's, we can acknowledge it's the worst part of life. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. No, I mean, you can agree. I mean, death yeah. might be preferable to for a lot of people. I mean, we no, don't no, no, have that's no, that's state sanction. No, we don't true. have state you. sanctioned no, no, suicide no, no, in this country. If we Agreed, did, right. or in other countries, I actually feel like people who are suffering are like, "No, I prefer to die instead of suffering." No, you're, you're you absolutely know, so, right,
2: Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so I feel
1: right. like it's it's what I do like about what you're saying, um, Seth, is that we don't acknowledge death in general. Mm. We we think of it as the period. I'm not sure if it's the period, but what I'm interested in doing is having those kinds of conversations about death. Absolutely. I've watched family members die. I'm like, well, how will I die? Was it the Woody Allen um, line? I don't fear death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, there are a lot of little death things in my head that I've read over years. You know, Some of the pessimistics, the, uh, not the pessimistics, but sometimes pessimistic philosophers and stuff, but it's... I mean, the
0: Stoics. Are you talking about the Stoics? For
1: no, not this, not this, not, not the best. Well, I mean, because no, they meditate on death.
0: I mean, that's a, that's they a do meditate on death SVD.
1: a lot. Absolutely. I was thinking about Schopenhauer. I was thinking about some of the other people I know. About. Oh, Very little oh, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they're oh, sure. get out of here, death. Uh, you know, um, or even Dorothy Parker. You know, with her uh, suicide poem is like, you might as well live. Razors hurt. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I feel like I can get closer to people and closer to energy that. At the very least, is going to find some levity. I don't know if the word is levity, but it feels like there's more there than what we do because it's so terrible. Because we don't talk about it Mm. because it's so terrible because it's the most feared thing in the universe. Mm. And it's like, well, there's just I think there's a lot more air there that we're we're not we're not taking space. There's a lot more space there than I think that we we're not taking advantage of because you can't look at it if you already decided not to look at it. You know, I can't get my father to talk about his arrangements, what he would like to do, what he would like, you know, there'll be those moments where he talks about it, but the older you get, I feel like most people are like, I just don't want to talk about it. I know it's happening. I know it's, I know it's around the corner, but it's like, I just want to take that collective breath and go, okay, we're going to die. So how do we live?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying. And I agree actually, I think those are all, great points and it reminds me of you know the um uh unbearable lightness of being which is you know what obviously the milan kandera novel and um but he took that from nietzsche right nietzsche couldn't Mm -hmm. imagine like a life that was only lived once would be so unbearably ephemeral ephemeral and insubstantial that it just makes the whole show absurd and so, uh, and so, I, I definitely I hear that. I hear what you're saying. I love being alive, though. You know, I love people, and I. You love, might
1: be love being dead. You may not. <laughs> no, <know. laughs> no, I, no, I won't be here.
0: I won't be here. That will be. That will be it for me. I mean, there's hey. no. Uh, I mean, in. And I understand, and I I do absolutely like I'm I'm absolutely, and I'll I'll wrap up. Mm-hmm. But I'm absolutely on the same page with you that it is it is an indispensable part of life, mm-hmm. right? It, I mean, it the the sort of mm-hmm. the finality and change and transition. I, I try to be as Buddhist about those things as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is impossible to imagine a creation without those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if in my proposal the best version of life is sweet, then its antithesis must not be. Mm-hmm. And if that mm. antithesis makes its, its primary pers- purpose possible, then I would take that bargain, but I would take it regretfully.
1: Mm. Mm. There, as you wrap, one last thing to wrap is please that no. Please have the, the um, I'm happy to give it to you. The only um, thing that we can do when death comes knocking is to say hello.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's end with that then. Let's yeah. end with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> See you next time. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks very much for the conversation. Thanks a lot.